Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. All right, we want to thank you again for joining us for another episode. We are excited to have a, another great guest on here. But before we get started um, in interviewing her and, and listening to her story, we want to let you know about a new email. We've tried to make it a little bit easier. So Christian and I work for the same organization, KICO, mm-hmm. Knoxville Inner City Kids Outreach. Love it. Love what we get to do. Um, so our email is now podcast at KICO, K-I-C-K-O dot O-R-G. Oh, he's struggling there on that. Oh, man, that coffee got stuck in the throat. All right. So this is like cup three for me. And, really? And uh, it's the afternoon, so we're, we're chugging it. Yeah, we're powering We're still through. going. Um, but yeah, we want you to definitely send us uh, some, some info, some questions, some, some things that you would like to hear us talk about uh, over this next season at podcast at kicko.org. You'll see that in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. So uh, definitely uh, send us some feedback. We love hearing from you guys. So one of the things that we're going to have to talk about is our coffee sponsor. I know. I'm so sad. This is a bittersweet for it you, is for very sure. very bittersweet. Mostly bitter. As of yesterday, the bean, the bean train, the bean, the bean oh, shed, man. whatever you want to call it, the, the coffee latte truck is gone. It's on its way to Nashville. He sold it. It's a frothy monkey. Frothy Monkey. So if you're in Nashville, check out Frothy Monkey. I'm sure they'll be setting up the old uh, latte bar on the go at your local um, farmer's market, outside the buildings, things like that. But until then, though, you can still get their coffee. Can you order Bryn? You can still order Bryn. So we'll leave it in the show notes for now. So he's going to roast. But we'll see. Maybe send us your suggestions of coffee, which you'd like us to sip on. And we are having some Bryn coffee today. We are. It's so, Colombian, mm. uh, electric kettle drip, uh, grounded, kind of coarse because the grinder's a little bit bad. So, Are you talking about my grinder over there? My burr grinder? Burr? More like, <laughs> <laughs> more like old, like... <sighs> wow. Well. But it got the job done. It's a tasty cup. Uh, um, well, I will be removing that grinder just because its feelings are hurt. I almost bought another one. You should. It was, a, it was an actual should. burr grinder I saw on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace for $100. I'm using, according to good old East Tennessee lingo, our guest is going to get to hear this, I'm using Cousin Art. Cousin Art. Like, that's it, that's the brand I'm using. It's Cousin Art. Yeah, I got it at the Cousin, Cousin Art, all right? Cousin Art is who we use when we want, like, really bougie appliances around here in East Tennessee. And that's a burr grinder, buddy. Uh, whatever you say. <laughs> uh, He's such a snob. Okay, so I'm introducing our guest before we go down this rabbit trail. Uh, she doesn't need to hear all this. No one wants to. But today, we have another intern to interview. Check it out. So we Ooh. went from summer to fall, which we're partnering with Thrive Residency out of uh, the Thrive Ministry here, um, which is another youth-serving organization that has really thrived, ah. <laughs> thrived off of their college volunteers. I'm pretty sure we used that joke with Neil. I'm sure we did. Which <laughs> Neil Anderson, folks, those that listen to his podcast, go back and listen to Neil. Uh, he was our first part one, part two, because he's just long. Win- I mean, had a lot of great things to share. <laughs> we love Neil. He had so much good things to share, and we wanted him to share something specific that was in addition to his life. Yes. Um, and so we got his life in, in part one, but then we got kind of what his ministry is now as a result of the life story in part two. So go back, listen yep, to yep. Neil Anderson. But today, Neil has brought to us a great Thrive resident. 
all the way from Colorado. <laughs> Hello. And, <laughs> and so we've got Dana Jones in the studio today. That's right. Dana, we're so excited to have you. Thank you. How's I'm the coffee? How it's the coffee? good. You guys are making me coffee, people. She was not a coffee I drinker actually... before coming to Tennessee. Yeah. Is that, is that an accurate statement? I mean, I would drink it when I was in dire need of, of energy. Mm-hmm. But, but that's become daily. I, I didn't voluntarily drink it. No, she's drinking it black, folks. Yeah. Those that are listening, yeah. intense. Like she just she got a man card today for sure. Yeah, for drinking it black. <laughs> well, the reason I'm drinking black is because I don't have the budget for um, cream. Yeah, <laughs> sugar. Like like literally <laughs> the extra four dollars I go on a latte, and also lattes make me really tired. I actually. Just straight. They're relaxing, maybe. Oh, that's it. I don't know. The warm milk. They make my my body like tweaks out. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. My, Interesting. My body starts to hurt, but my body doesn't hurt with just black coffee. I think that's I've a discovered. lactose issue. Yeah. Yeah. Are you lactose oat milk? She should no. try oat milk lattes. No, I'm not lactose. She doesn't. Know I like yet. cheese. So does my wife, and she's slowly discovering she. So does the rest of the world. Yeah. Let's not I get like let's not get carried away. I here. like cheese. <laughs> It just doesn't like you. Cheese doesn't like me. Yeah. But anyways, we are so glad you're (laughs) sipping that coffee. My wife is the one who got me started drinking it black. I just, I can be so thankful now for that. So today we're going to get to know you a little bit better. There is no pressure, no right or wrong answers. We just want you to share your story, um, which I've already been encouraged to hear a little bit of it. So I'm excited to hear some some pieces I haven't heard. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. We said Colorado is where you're from, but Mm -hmm. you can share more. Um, kind of where you grew up, what life was like, what that home environment entailed. Yeah, am I too close? No, no you're, you're great. Okay, so I um, I was born in South Carolina, but only lived there like three months, and then I moved to South Dakota. So um, most of my life like was in South Dakota. So I was there 18 years, um, went to school, like lived in basically the same house my whole life. So um, yeah, definitely grounded, rooted in South Dakota, and ended up going to Colorado for college, went to Colorado Christian University. Um, Yeah, but I didn't, I guess people typically start with like their family life, how you came to know Jesus when you ask them, like, oh, who who are you? Where'd you come from? Um, So I'll I'll start there. I uh, grew up in a a family that was definitely like maybe had like some Christian values, but definitely what like my parents weren't Jesus followers. So um, went to church a few times when I was younger and then I was stubborn enough and angsty enough and my parents just stopped going. And so, um, that was like end of middle end of elementary school. And then through like middle school, I like decided I just didn't believe in God at all. I was like, Oh God is like so stupid. I can't, I can't believe people actually believe in God. Um, it just didn't make sense to me. And I hated Christians. I hated anything that had to do with Christianity. Um, like I was just so agitated by anybody who like had any sort of religious like thing to them and um I had this friend his name was Chase and he was kind of in the same boat as I was I don't think he was as hateful towards Christians but um he had given me this book called God's Debris and it basically just talks about like how the universe is God like blown up and like pantheism basically and that like I was like wow that makes a lot of sense and so I like kind of went down that road I was like if there's God like everything is everything is God and like God blew up so like this tree is God and like all matters God and whatever. And so that's where I kind of sat for like a year or two. And, um, I went into high school, definitely hated Christians. Like my freshman year of high school. Had something led to this feeling towards Christians? Had had there been a bad experience? Was it the way it was talked about in your house? Like what? what No, I mean, we never talked about God at home. Like that was 
Like yeah. I genuinely can't remember a single time ever talking about God. Um, and I think that when I did go to church, it was just like super weird and it was super weird for me. I just didn't understand like what was going on and I didn't like the people that were there. And yeah, I don't know. I think that I saw a lot of hypocrisy. And so I was like, that's definitely nothing that I want. Um, and so, yeah, but it's interesting that like I, I developed this like deep hate, like literally it was such a deep hate in middle school. Mm. Like, but I also hated everything and everybody in middle school too. So like, middle school kind of makes sense. Angsty, Hateful years, angsty years. Yeah, yeah literally. Um, and so yeah, then like freshman year of high school, I um, I was friends with this girl. Her name was Julia, and um, I remember sitting at a lunch lunchroom table. I have like very few vivid memories, but like this is one of them. We're sitting at a lunchroom table, and somehow the topic of God like got brought up, and and um, she was like, she came from like a strong Christian family, like had strong belief already in God and she like started talking about God and I like challenged her so much and was like that's not even true like what if like everything is God what if God just like blew up and like this whole book that I had read that like was like like super made sense to me I like started challenging her and she like started like tear up and I was like victory (laughs) like that was my goal and um but that was like freshman year and kind of just like went through that my freshman year and then a series of events started happening summer going into my sophomore year of high school, I went on a mission trip with the church that I grew up in. Not because I like <laughs> went on. <laughs> yeah, y'all. I hate God. I hate Christians. I'm gonna go on this mission trip wanted, this summer. I with wanted what? to go to Christian. Seattle. What else do I want to do? Okay, I so you were to using to them Seattle. to go to Seattle. It was a trip. Yeah, just happened to be a mission trip. Exactly. So you can and tolerate that to go to Seattle. I was like, I literally, this my mom funny. was sitting at the dining room table like a couple days before I left. And I was like, honestly, I don't even know if I believe in God. And like, she was like, oh, you better not say that. And I was like, what? Like, we don't even talk about God. You don't even believe in God. Like, why are you saying that to me? Um, but that like made me angsty, obviously, because I was just an angsty kid and I still kind of am. But um, yeah, I went on this mission trip and it was like super weird. They were singing Christian songs. And I was like, ah. And um like, was there a whole week serving, like, homeless populations and, um, like, at, at what are they, like, food, ki- like, kitchens and um, homeless shelters and whatever. And um, I still wasn't, like, like, God is, God is weird. Like, Christians are weird. Still and, weren't buying into the whole yeah, thing. No, yeah, no, no, no. And then we were staying in on an island, like, across from Seattle is Bainbridge Island, and we would ride the ferry back and forth every day. And literally our last ferry coming from Bainbridge back into Seattle, we were leaving, we we're driving home. They were having like a, um, a memorial service for, um, somebody who, like one of the staff members on the, on the ferry who had just passed away. And like all of our group was on the top deck, like singing amazing grace. And, um, that like that for some reason that just hit me so hard because I was like, Oh my gosh, this isn't a coincidence. There has to be God. I remember like staring out over like the railing on the top of the ferry and thinking, there's a God. This isn't a coincidence, but I didn't quite know know what that meant. So that was the, that was, is what kind of started everything going into my sophomore year of high school. And so this sophomore year of high school was like basically, yeah, there, there's so much to it. So that was end of, end of the summer going into sophomore year of high school. I met so many people who were like cool Christians and like actually showed me what that life looked like that I had met like my first few months of that year, um, my uncle had passed away and he was the only one in my family who had ever mentioned anything about God to me. And, um, I remember laying in bed one night and was just like crying. I was like, I don't know why, but it like his death, like made me believe in God, believe in the reality of a God even more. 
And um, I, I don't know, know why. I feel like it would be the opposite, especially how he passed away. But like, yeah, I, like that's that stirred me to want to know more about a God. And um, then I got involved with Young Life and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, but really I was going because um, I was like seen there. It was like a fun environment and I knew that people wanted me to be there and I felt really loved there. Um, and so, yeah, like I think just there's a theme of love over my life of like, when I walked into club, I knew that people wanted me there. There was a joy and there was a love and like I was seen and like, I'm not sure I was really, like I really had felt seen or loved before. And so that's what like kept drawing me back into Young Life and just kept going for the entirety of that year. Um, ended up like signing up to go to a camp um, with Young Life that following summer and we went to Malibu, um, which is in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's amazing. And, like, throughout that whole year, though, like, I was going to Young Life, like, learning these things. I think I might have started going to youth group with some of my friends. But really, there was a lot of questioning on my end, like, Googling, like, is it even possible that Jesus exists? Is there even a God? Like, trying to understand, like, other religions, too, of, like, what does this even mean? Because I'm not going to blindly walk into something and blindly believe something that I don't, I don't think actually exists. And so I would literally Google, like, reasons why Christianity is fake <laughs> or, like, reasons why Jesus never existed. And I would read counter arguments that were trying to prove like that Christianity wasn't real. And every single one of them was like, that's stupid. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like Jesus has to be real. And so that year was kind of like me trying to understand what does this mean? What does this look like? And just kind of like dabbling in, in relationship with other people who were Christians. And, um, and then it was this, that summer I went to camp and, um, the notorious like 10 minutes of silence, 15 minutes of silence or whatever. And um, I was sitting there and I was like, God, I want a life like this girl. Um, and uh, was just like talking to him. I was like, what do you think? And he was like, well, Dana, it's a two-way street. Like it's a relationship with me. And like, like it goes back and forth. And so that was like, that was the moment that I was like, okay, there is a God and it's a relationship. And then from there, um, I think that I really knew God as like a leader um, Lord and leader, I think, like when I first became a Christian, because that's what I so desperately needed. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily like led or like guided well when I was a kid and I just have been very independent from a young age. And um, part of that is like I pushed like my family and my parents far away. And also another part is that they weren't necessarily emotionally available for me. And so I yeah, I was just very independent and like self-led, but I had no idea where I was going. And so I really knew Jesus as like Lord and leader when I first met him. And like, um, I was like, just teach me how to do life because I don't know how to do life. And so that's kind of what life with G Jesus looked like initially. And um, I was just like super passionate about people knowing him. Like I would write letters to my atheist science teachers in high school, like on Christmas, like Jesus is the reason for this season, like this fresh believer, like I'm not trying to like, like evangelize to her teachers. And I remember um, my AP chemistry teacher was like, I'd given him a Christmas note that was like, Jesus is the reason for this season. And like, it was like, probably like threw in some scripture there somewhere. And I literally come back from Christmas break and he pulls up this like meme on a computer. And it was like, the axial tilt is the reason for the seasons, like not Jesus. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it just kind of passed on. But that was kind of high school. Decided to go to Colorado Christian University, not because I wanted to go there, but it was just like the cheapest option. And so I was like, okay, I guess we'll go there. 
I wanted to go very far away. I wanted to go to UT, actually, all the way from South Dakota. Who knows why I wanted to go to UT or and come to Knoxville? I don't know, but oh, so even then, yeah. It's so crazy. it's cool Knoxville to see like full, like, yes, yeah. yes, um, full That's circle, so and now weird. I'm here. Yeah. So ended up going to CCU and dabbled in a whole ton of majors. Started with elementary education because I loved kids, and then I realized I don't really care about the curriculum. I just want to teach them about Jesus and. Um, then I went into youth ministry, and I was like, ah, oh, I love this, but, like, also I don't want to be a put in a box. And so then I went into psychology and theology and was double majoring there for a hot second. And then theology, like, really made me angry because I was like, we're talking about so many ideas and, like, theories of things, but, like, how are we tying this back into Jesus? And I really, like, in those, like, intellectually heavy, like, Christian conversations, I it was hard for me to connect with Jesus. And so I ended up just minoring in theology and majoring in psychology. That's kind of what I ended. Oh, wait, no, I didn't minor in theology. I ended up minoring in youth ministry because that, that would that was allowing me to graduate early. And I was like, I'm going to save some money here. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like my college experience like at CCU. I was a wildlife leader. I was like a student leader when I was in high school, like literally right after I became a believer. I don't know why they didn't let me be a leader, but like I was there and I was like probably one of the most dedicated ones. And so um, just a lot of people really invested into me and um, believed in me, which is cool. And um, yeah, and then I became a, a wildlife leader when I went to college and was a team leader and that was just a whole mess and um, was not what I had hoped it to be. Um, and yeah, and then I stopped leading after two years because I hit really bad burnout and there was a lot of relational stuff going on. And then COVID hit and then I was like forced to be at home for a while and just process like all these changes and um, process through like and heal from like the burnout and everything that happened there. And then, but really like, there are like some like key moments. So one, there's like, I met Jesus, figured out it was a relationship kind of situation. Some are going to my junior year of high school. I go to CCU, like surrounded by other people who are Christians. Hard for me because I was like, everybody's a light here. Nothing makes me different. Like, what does this actually look like to live like with other Christians? Like, I'm the only Christian in my family. Like, I'm one of few Christians in my public high school. Like, now I'm in a, in a big, like, no, it wasn't a big school. It was like 1,600 kids. At college, but I'm like, I'm one of like many who actually know Jesus in our light. So like, what does that look like? Um, and then, um, yeah, leading and doing, doing, doing was like such a theme. Um, and I've like thought so much about this and like really worked through it. But like, I learned that to do and to perform was like how I would get my needs met of like affection, attention, like literally just like basic emotional needs. I learned at a young age that like, whether it was like self-taught or like taught from other people, I don't know. But like, performance and doing was like that's how you get your needs met and so that just like characterized so much of my first years of Christianity too and being a Christian and so um then like when I stopped leading wildlife and COVID hit like I was really like that was like such a pivotal moment in my life from like becoming like just this doing 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 person to like Jesus literally was like Dana you're gonna stop and just be with me and this was for like months and months and like like, probably a year plus, like, I would, like, try to pick up my Bible, because I was like, I feel like I'm not doing anything, like, I would catch myself, like, saying that, 
and um, I'd be like, I'm not doing anything for you, Jesus. Like, it's COVID. Like, I can't do anything. Like, <laughs> everything's shut down. But he'd be like, can you just, like, stop, put your Bible down, and just, like, be with me? And I was like, oh, gosh. But then that means I have to, like, process things. And he's like, yeah. And I just, like, really learned about emotions during that time, too. Like, didn't – like, I refused to have any emotions, like, the first – 21 years of my life because there was just too much I think going on like personal life home life that I was like it's better to just have not have any emotions and then um in that season of like learning how to be I just learned so much about emotions and like felt for the first time in my life and like all of my floodgates were like wide open and and now I cry all the time like (laughs) it's just like second nature so um yeah, that that's kind of that. Let's see where else. Graduated in December from Colorado Christian University, December of 2020. And then um, got like what I thought was my dream job, like working at a juvenile detention facility. For some reason, I've always had a heart for like the farthest out, hardest to reach kid, like the most stubborn, probably because that's like me <laughs> a little bit. It was like angsty, like hardest to get. Um, and so my dream was always to work with incarcerated youth. And I literally got that job so easy right out of college I'd interviewed in September and the lady was like about to hire me on the spot and then I was like I actually don't like graduate until December and she's like okay well email me when you graduate and we'll see if we still have a job emailed her when we graduated when I graduated two hours later she replies she's like yay awesome we'll talk tomorrow and I was like okay she like hired me obviously like on the spot and I started right after I graduated from undergrad and like love like just love those kids so much that was a really like that was I, I was there like six months before I moved here and I was hoping to be there longer because I really value like commitment and loyalty and really investing and not abandoning these kids that have been abandoned a bazillion times. And so it was really hard for me to leave them. But when I was there, I just like realized, I was like, I love these kids. I love this environment. And like, this is where my heart is. But all I want to do is teach them about Jesus. And like, I was doing that. And but I felt like God was like, okay, like maybe we should look at like full-time ministry jobs. And I was like, okay. And then I ended up at Thrive in Knoxville, Tennessee, full circle from like when I wanted to come here for college. But yeah, if you have That's questions, awesome. you can ask. No, I love it. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm excited about is to see that God's been able to bring that full circle yeah. and you're able to work. And, and right now, I know some people don't know, but your internship is actually split. You're one of mm-hmm. just two of the interns that are in two different kind of worlds. One, your kind of children's ministry with a church, uh, the Maryville Vineyard, and then you're also with us here working with Sidewalk and doing uh, children's ministry as an outreach, as missions. And so, um, you know, I think it's neat you're getting couple different experiences, but I think that, you know, we've been excited just to see where this has kind of been in your lane and where you've kind of wanted to be even um, as far as yeah. with the hard places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, I'm excited to see kind of even the growth as part two will be the reflection mm-hmm. of just the whole experience. Um, part one is neat of how the Lord's led you to this point and uh, who knows what's next, you know, but I mm-hmm. think this is this is another p- piece of the journey. Um, so I'm curious, I, I definitely have a couple questions as we come yeah. back, but I think we should go into some rapid fire, uh, yeah. and then come back into some of the relationship components yeah. as to who has led her to this place. Yeah. And then also the reflection of what she would tell. Right. Cause we've heard her younger so self. many fence posts. Yeah. A lot. Dude, right. you nailed it. Like I, I didn't have a yeah. lot of questions cause you just told it all. Yeah. And so was great. excited to hear the people that led you along yeah. those. But before we get there, Dana, pew, 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 pew. 
This is the part of the show where okay. we ask questions really fast and the answers are not so okay, fast. I'm They're scared. pretty slow. Okay. Because you can talk as long as you want. And, oh, okay. Uh, okay, good. As Rapid I can see, fire. pretty long-winded. So I like to talk. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, and this will allow our viewers, our listeners, viewers, <laughs> listeners. If you're watching. <laughs> if you're watching your you phone screen. Your phone screen. Yeah. If you're, uh, for our listeners to get to know you a little mm. bit better. So. Right off the bat, your favorite movie. And I describe this as the movie that you turn on the TV and it is on in the middle. And you're like, yeah, whatever. It's a Thursday. I can watch it. Because it's still my favorite. Because it's still your favorite. Yeah. Mm, is there a favorite movie? So I really did take this. I tried to figure out what my favorite movie was before I even got here. Because I was like, who knows? I don't I don't really like movies all that often. Um, I have this thing where I just can't deal with... Um, the stress and the tension that comes with like the climax. And so I, <laughs> the letdown. Well, I, ju- I have to Google the ending before I start. Otherwise oh, I won't be able no. to make it through that. Like um, I, get so, I get so stressed. I am not my taking body her hurts. to any movies. Good okay. Lord. Okay. So anywho, you're going to ruin it for <laughs> <Back> me. <to> me. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but actually I think I've started to enjoy movies more <laughs> over the last like year or so. COVID really like what else am I supposed to do? But like watch videos and movies. So, <laughs> Uh, genuinely, I, there are two movies, like, the first movie that became my favorite movie was She's the Man with Amanda Bynes. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) Channing Tatum's, like, first role. Yes, yes. So I know almost every line to that movie. like, every scene because of it. They're just trying to, like, nail that role of, like, he is buff. (laughs) I guess, I don't know. That's why she liked it. I bet it is. Uh, I think I liked it more for Amanda Bynes, but... (laughs) Either way, I just felt like Channing Tatum was kind of awkward in it, but Amanda Bynes had some good lines, so I was like, yes. That's so um, funny. And I just like know, I, I think I know almost every line to that movie. It's really annoying if you're watching it with me. But That's like hilarious. my more mature, like, you know, I'm 22. My 22-year-old answer is um, The Proposal, which is like a, do y'all know that? proposal it's rom-com i don't even know who's in it i just know that i watched it like 700 times ryan reynolds uh sandra bullock yes 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 so that's like a really funny movie for me there's this one scene betty white yes yes yes, there's so there's this one scene where betty white is like doing this weird ritual like fire dance do you know what scene have you watched it? yes so she's like doing this weird like fire dance scene whatever because they're canadian or alaskan yeah alaskan and um it's and then so Sandra funny. Bullock, I don't even remember what her name is in the movie. Um, but, like, she comes in and is like, this is weird, you know. And then the grandma gets her to, like, start dancing. And then she, like, starts dancing. I was like, that's me. That's, so <laughs> that's <funny>. me. <laughs> that's so funny. So, yeah, those are my those are my answers. So, movies. See, the thing is, this changes over your life mm-hmm. as to what you are allowed to watch. So, a dad of four. <laughs> you know what the last movie was I watched? The Paw Patrol movie that just came out mm-hmm. August 20th. That's that's how low my life has gotten. Ain't no way. <laughs> Paw Patrol movie. I know movie? I'm heading there. The movie? But no. Come on, folks. I'll be staying up late to watch whatever. Pray for me and donate for Dana so that she can afford a latte. All right. So uh. <laughs> rapid fire question number two. Rapid fire number question. <laughs> Didn't even get the shrimp <laughs> uh, Most influential book or person. I know you are a reader. She is definitely a reader. I gave her a book <laughs> on, Monday. on Monday and she came back and was like, I read it all last night. Yeah, like I started. I read it, yes. it Monday. It night, was read right on. It was read it. by Tuesday. You, okay, it was finished by yeah. Tuesday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Changes everything. <laughs> That's crazy. Not even a two day turnaround. It's like like literally it was one day, and then I forgot in my car hours. yesterday. So sick. Yeah. Anyways, so, but what's your go to book? What do you just love? Uh, 
I have like a stack of books right now that I'm reading. Or author. Yeah. Ooh, could be. Yep. So, um, I really like anything that deals with like the heart and feelings. And, and, Enneagram number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I really, I really enjoy Henry Nowen and Brennan Manning. I think the first book that like really kind of transformed my life though was Abba's Child by Bren- Brennan Manning. Have y'all read that? Abba's Child. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a really, Heard really good, good book. Um, and I think that like, I can't remember specifics from it, but I know that it just like kind of like rewired my brain and like how I think about things. And I think that's what a lot of books do for me is like, it just kind of rewires the way that I think. And, um, it had a very lasting impression on my heart. So that's awesome. I'd say I was child. That's awesome. Right that's good. That's good. So being from South Carolina for three months and <laughs> South Dakota. And, and having a desire to be in the, the South, South. That's it. That's there it. is comfort food in your blood. But I, be, I believe. But I want to hear your go-to comfort food. It's the rainy day. It's South been a bad Dakota. day. What are you coming <laughs> What are you gonna eat? What are you gonna eat to make you feel a little bit better? Okay, wait. Before she answers this, I took her to have some soul food <laughs> on Tuesday. This is what came to my mind right and now. And I said, "You gotta have the fried okra." She said, "What's okra? <laughs> what is okra?" So I, I'm really curious what this answer is gonna be because I'm like, uh, we've got different definitions of so, of like comfort food, don't we? I like the space brownies. <laughs> Colorado, that's South Dakota. Yeah. Space brownies. Are Brownies? Yeah. I don't do those. <laughs> Anymore. Um, just to clarify for whoever's listening. Anymore. Um, no. <laughs> not ever. Um, honestly. Comfort food. I just love pizza. Oh, pizza. So even when you're sick, that's like your go-to. Like, oh, I don't feel good. I just want some pizza tonight. You're going to eat fried okra when you're sick? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> I'm not saying like chicken noodle if soup. It's not going to be like I'm that. I'm going to say water. <laughs> So, but pizza, like, you're like, oh, it's been a crappy day. I just want to. So you could eat it every day of the week. Like, you love pizza. I, I likely could eat it every day of the week. Oh, yeah. So that's Because there's so many different varieties. So like, favorite topping? One. Ooh, you made her narrow down. One. Toppings. Sir, if you get three, you get three toppings, what are you doing? A three, <laughs> three topping large pizza from your favorite place. Okay. Ooh. So I had this really good pizza one time. Is it going to be veggies? No. Meat? Mixture? So I love meat. Um, but I had this really good pizza one time with cream cheese, jalapenos, and bacon. Cream cheese. That's interesting. Cream Ooh. cheese on your pizza is a game changer. See, I would kill you. But goat like cheese, dollar. I would say, is very similar. Okay. Yes. So we need to take her to Blaze Pizza. Wait, mm-hmm. I, I know Blaze. That's like one of the two restaurants we have in South Dakota. What? One of the two restaurants. Yeah. She's, yeah. Subway and Blaze, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. actually. Because <laughs> yeah. Blaze just is the subway, subway of pizza. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I got a couple of pizza joints around here. We should talk to Josh. You talked to Josh. He did a pizza tour this summer. Love it. With uh, one of his, I think, summer yep. staff interns, Gael. So check mm. it out. He's got a, he probably has all the pizzas in Knoxville and surrounding areas. Yep. And My wife will hang out with you. She loves I pizza. love like fancy pizzas. So like you throw Ooh, like a weird pizza. cheese uh, on uh, it. Like a dopo. Down the road yep. is a sourdough wood fire. So. I saw that. Hard I saw that. Hard knocks is good. Yeah. Okay. And then Barley's is a good one in the south. True. So. Okay. Yep. Downtown. And they have a Big Daddy who has all the meats in there. So try it. Yeah. Okay. I feel awesome. like her life's going to be changed by good pizza here in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. There's some good places. I don't know. I don't know. Denver. Yeah. Well, uh, we can't compare. Leadville has a good pizza place <laughs> called uh, Mile High Pizza. Huh. 
Now, I had it after snowboarding all day, but it's still the best pizza in my life, probably because I was so hungry. Yeah. Everything tastes better. Everything does taste In the better. mountains, too. In, in mountains. Leadville. Leadville's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, seasonal question. Favorite outdoor activity? Oh, okay. the one with the warm weather still. Yeah. Um, Could be snowy. Yeah. yeah. I think fall. Like, you go, you can do anything. I just want to see where it goes. and Wait, have what another. season? Well, just your favorite outdoor activity. Okay, so. Let's go with fall. Yeah, there's like, going to be like in the fall. In the fall? Outdoor wise, I don't know. Does Colorado get a fall? Yeah. South yeah. Dakota get a fall. Yeah, short, mm. short. Sometimes it snows in literally the first week of September, so that's fun. Um, do you like going outside? Do I like going outside? That's what we should ask. I do like going outside. <laughs> what do you um, like to do when you're out there? <laughs> I like to just relax. <laughs> I like to lay in the sun. So your favorite activity like is hammocking. No, actually, or just no. sunbathing. Never, yeah, maybe sunbathing. Sunbathing, but like not. I mean, like yes, if I'm just gonna like yeah. relax. But I also. Hey, what's your favorite sport? Sunbathing. <laughs> well, I just like it. Just feels so good to have the sun like heat you up. Okay. <laughs> In the but, fall, I used to like to go sit at Lakeshore Park and watch the leaves fall. So yeah, like anything that's kind of moody. Angsty. Like, yeah, like, give me a walk, walk in the park. So if, like, do you go to the, have you, I love, do you like the beach? I've been to the beach like once or twice a month. Okay. Life. I'm just trying to think. So sunbathing is different. Like yeah, I don't either. I hate the beach. I hate sand. I hate being hot. I hate, but I love sunsets. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Interesting. Wait, now, I also, I also want to say that I really like pickleball these days. Okay. <laughs> That's like a favorite out, outdoor we activity. Really, I've Tennessee. played, but we really need to. We, we need really, to put together a team. Yeah. yeah. I think we'd make a good doubles team. I think we would. I think that I would beat you Do you have a partner? Two to one. Yeah, I do. Her name She's is Hannah. She's in the program with me. Oh, yeah. When can we play? We need to schedule that off air. Yeah. Okay. Off air. Seasonal question number two. Favorite, um, like, fall food. Fall drink, mm-hmm. fall food. Mm-hmm. Uh, treat. Whatever. Treat, yeah. What do you look forward to having? Yeah, so actually, I told you guys I don't drink coffee. But last last fall, I was in some dire need trying to get some papers done that were procrastinated. And so I really became addicted to pumpkin cream cold brews from Starbucks. Oh, cold brew. with the and cream on top. You and drink like, through it. But also get It actually was really good, bro. I'm not going to lie. My wife and I love those mm. things. You need to get a pump of hazelnut syrup in it. Oh. It's it actually, it. it's it's very, very good. Hazelnut makes me think of hotel lobbies. Oh, so I can't say it. Okay. In, in addition to that, like drinking through the pumpkin foam on top, the like foams? it's a it's a pumpkin like sweet cream. Yeah. Uh, on top mm-hmm. of the cold brew, they have now this uh, shaken espresso with oat milk, but it's flavored with brown sugar syrup. Huh. I have, I have a bottle of Starbucks brown sugar syrup at my house. Oh my I bought it. <laughs> they weren't supposed to sell it to me. So it is so good. Mm-hmm. I will make you a brown sugar okay. latte at my house. Okay. It can be iced. It can be hot. We should try oat milk. O- oat milk, <laughs> almond milk. My wife prefers her iced lattes with almond milk. Sounds like a drug. We should try oat milk, guys. <laughs> you, should definitely, you, you should do it. All right. That was good. That was good. I think that's that was great. Rapid fire. Bam. Coming back to the episode now with some great deep conversations. Okay. So I'm just curious. Um, a lot of what I hear in your journey, yes, there were some people. 
but there were also some key experiences. Oh, like yeah. it was it was on that trip on the ferry mm-hmm. uh, that was the Genesis, the seeds. It was these other experiences that the Lord just kind of started developing and working in your life and in your heart. Um, but I'm curious, were there some people that began to just kind of invest in you um, that you maybe admired, looked up to? Uh, maybe they were influential and they didn't even know it in their relationship and walk with the Lord. Um, but what was that like? Yeah, I think there are a ton of people. I just gravitated so much towards anybody older than me that could teach me something. Um, Yeah, my parents were kind of like emotionally absent, like physically absent. And also I was like avoided home at all costs. So that like also contributed to that. But I had so many people in Young Life pouring into me. Like I think almost every leader in our area was huge. Like I would literally just like cling to anybody. So um yeah, I had like I had two different like campaigners, Bible studies that I was going to. Mm-hmm. I had all three of like our wildlife staff people like pouring into me. Um, for those that don't know what wildlife is, yeah, wildlife is young life for middle schoolers, for middle schoolers. and young life is like a parachurch outreach for high school ministry. Yep, for, for high yep. schoolers. So yeah, we don't have a big wildlife program here. We young life's huge, but and we have yoke. So. And we have other ministries that kind of fill that middle school gap. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's so awesome. That so a- you were literally just eating up anything you could you could kind of mm-hmm. go to spiritually. You were just going. You yes. were just hungry. Yeah, I would listen that. to podcasts on repeat in like mm. high school. I'd sit in my my calculus teacher's room and I would just like listen to a podcast and like I'd be like looking around. I'd probably be praying at the same time. And like one time, I just started crying. And my teacher was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like. There's just so many people who don't know Jesus. <laughs> and like, I don't know why that memory just came to my mind. I haven't thought about that in years. But yeah, I would like I would awesome. clung to any piece of like information I could possibly get from anybody who had yeah. anything to share. Um, like books, podcasts, people. Um, just like really, really filled my time with that. Yeah. When I first became a Christian. And one of the things I'm I'm praying for, I'm praying for your family members that that are still not to the place of a relationship with Christ. And um, have, have has anything changed with your parents? Um, have you have they observed like your relationship with the Lord? Asked you questions? Um, desired to to go deeper themselves? What's that been like? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's super interesting because I think my parents were pretty hostile towards it when I first became a Christian because. I was gone out of the house even more than I already was. And um, like in my heart, there's just this massive bitterness towards my parents, I think. And so, and I just also felt so much pressure when I became a Christian. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to minister to my parents now. Like I have to like show them what like a Christian life looks like and make it look appealing and Mm -hmm. uh, felt a lot of pressure there. Um, I got baptized like my, I don't know, I don't even know, maybe my junior year of high school. Um, and I told my parents and they were like livid. It was like the only fight that I ever remember between me and my dad. And he didn't understand. My parents didn't understand because they baptized me when I was a kid. But it's like, well, yeah, um, I just that wasn't my choice. So I, I got baptized because it was my choice and I'd actually come to faith. So, um, yeah, it, but it's interesting because like two, three years later, my dad got baptized himself. And so I think that my parents have seen um like life and joy that's been given to me like through Jesus. And I think they've seen, um, like, I think that a lot of people tell my parents how awesome I am. I'm pretty absent from my family life, which is on me. And so I don't think my parents get to see that much. And when I'm around them, I'm so stressed out because I'm like, I don't like, 
this is, it's just really stressful for me. Um, there's just like a whole internal dialogue there, but, um, yeah, um, I've, I just like lost track. So my parents, yeah, I think my parents are interested. Um, and I think they would say they're Christians. Um, I'm not sure they, they really know what like life life looks like with Jesus. I think they know like morally what it looks like. And I think they like would say that they believe that Jesus is their savior and like the Lord and savior, but I don't know if there's really an understanding of what that means. Um, and then I feel the pressure. I'm like, Oh, I feel like I have to like disciple them and like lead them. And it's like, Oh, but like you're my parents and like, ah, I don't, I don't know. So there's a weird tension there. Um, my brother is not a believer, really hostile towards Christianity. Um, Hmm. yeah, but it's also been cool over the past couple months, how much my heart, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. My heart has softened so much towards my mom and that's just been like a hard relationship and a tense one for sure. And like, I'm literally blown away. I've been praying for this for like years. Cause it's like, I, my mom wants to have a relationship with me, but like my heart is so hard, like has been so hard. And I'm, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I am. And so, um, I've been praying about that and it's like, God, literally you're the only one that can change my heart because yeah. I literally have no desire in me. And it's been super cool over the past couple months to see my heart that's awesome. like soften and like compassion grow and like, yeah. So I think that God is really doing some stuff in my heart and like relationally in our family. And I think it's been going on for years, but I'm starting to see like the fruit of it. And yeah. Just that's great to, to hear. Growth. Yeah. So oftentimes we, we like to ask our guests, Hey, what would you go back and from things you've learned, you know, tell yourself, you know, years prior. And usually it's funny. It's the 20, I asked, it's yeah. What would 20. you tell your 22 year old self? And you're like, Oh, I am 22. Yeah. Like, what would I tell myself today? Like, what would you go back and tell your 15-year-old self some of the life lessons you've learned? Uh, What would you go back and say, hey, here is something you need to gain now that would really save you some processing and heartache, Mm -hmm. but it's taking you some time to learn and grow through? Because I think there's a lot of people listening right now that are going to relate to your story. I think they're going to relate to um, issues in, in relationship at home and not feeling emotionally supported to, um, you know, an absence of faith and, and struggling with that to the process you've gone through coming out of that into faith. So I think there's people that are really going to relate to you. And I think some of the nuggets you've maybe processed over the last seven years are going to be nuggets that could really help them too. Yeah. So what would you go back? What's the conversation like? What are you telling yourself? Is it emotional? Is it faith-based? Is it, you know, what is it? Um, Stop listening to Death Cab for Cutie. I don't know. <laughs> Stop listening to what? Death Cab for Cutie. I don't know. Okay, we're going to continue. Don't, don't, don't spoil the endings to movies. Stop oh. Googling. Like, yeah. I think that there's a lot that I think I would tell myself. The biggest thing that, like, when you were talking, I was like, actually, this is probably, you said, like, process, and that word, like, really stuck out to me. I'm such a, like, a do it now and, like, Mm. be perfect right now like oh you struggle with this like stop that right now and be perfect so this is the performance checklist still yeah and you don't give it time you need it immediately yeah and so i i think that that has been something that i'm still learning um but like those are hard lessons like everything like spirituality is a process everything is a process and like growth in jesus is a process i think another thing too is like it's that invitation to a journey well, yeah. Neil loves that. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I wasn't grabbing it from there, but yeah. but that's it. Um, that's what it is. Yeah, and I think also like Dana, fifth, or like fifteen-year-old Dana, like Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith. Like you don't have to do that. Like the Spirit is within mm. you, and like like that is something that I've like 
really been learning the past like couple months is like for me and for others like Jesus really is author and perfecter like I cannot like lead myself into like spiritually into an area that like Jesus is not first leading me and like I can only know Jesus if Jesus like allows me to know him and like opens these certain areas so um I and like literally everything like Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith and I just have this horrible tendency to like take my sanctification and and my whole spiritual walk with Jesus into my own hands. And um, that's not really mine to carry. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. That's kind of the way I look at when I had that revelation of the gospel, which is the good news of what I cannot do for myself, Jesus has already done. That's the gospel for me in a nutshell, in a statement. And now it's like the gospel wants to work out that into my relationships with mm-hmm. my parents, uh, with my my wife, you know, my future yeah. relationship, my kids, my my coworkers, my my leadership, whatever I'm involved in. And for you, what I'm hearing is you're saying, man, Jesus is the author and perfecter. What he's 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 the only one who can start it. He's mm-hmm. the only one who can finish it. Yeah. He's everything in between. Yep. And so now, how does that how does that work its way into every other area, which is the process, right? Mm-hmm. That's the process with with your mom with mm-hmm. um, things with growing up, home life, into uh, future relationships, romantic ones yeah. and not romantic ones, uh, into your calling and ministry and your, if it's a career, who knows, you know, but now that's the author and perfecter mm-hmm. part working its way into, and that's, to me, that's the gospel. Yeah. That's what Jesus has already done, you can't mm-hmm. do, and that's the good news, take the pressure off, yeah. and that's yeah. what we all need to hear, because we put yeah. pressure on ourselves in, in every area of our life, um, and whether it's because we're inadequate, we're over, you know, we're trying to prove something, whatever, whatever spectrum we're coming mm-hmm. uh, at the angle. But I think that that's so neat because I think we all can relate to that. I think we can all relate to that at some point or another, whether who's listening right now has come to that revelation or they still need to come to that revelation. That is important. That He's the author and perfecter. Um, yeah. So I'm excited over this next year because I think that we're going to continue to see that mm-hmm. thread. Um, yeah. In some different areas of your life, Absolutely. and I think as we reflect um, over your experiences in these ten months of interning at both a church and Kiko Urban Youth Ministry, that we're going to see kind of well, what's what's God doing in you, what's God doing through you. Um, I'm excited to see what what happens. Me too. So me three, <laughs> right? She's just like, hold on tight, hold on tight, and drink more coffee. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Buckle That's up. right. So Dana, thanks so much for coming on and just sharing with us and with our listeners a little bit about yourself. We know this is just a snapshot. This is um, just kind of surface of, of the iceberg, um, but, it's, but it's meaningful and valuable for people to get to know what relationship, faith, and then leadership looks like in just the life of us as we are mm-hmm. developing and growing and forming, uh, which we believe God's doing in your life. Uh, we believe that He's He's got a call on you, and He is... Um, in that you're in that process, so to speak, you're on that journey with him. Um, and leadership looks so different. It doesn't mean you've got a title. It just means you know people mm-hmm. and you have influence. I think everybody has leadership, whether they recognize it or not. Leadership is simply influence on people around you. And uh, I think all believers have that. Unbelievers as well. It's just a matter of how you use it. And so we're so excited that you got to share this today. Uh, we look forward to hearing part two. For those that are listening, definitely send us some contacts. We want to hear podcast at kitco.org from you. So hit us up. And until next time. Mm-hmm.